Well, good evening, everyone, and this is the season finale of the Coach McVay Show, Week 16 edition. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, two regular seasons remaining for his group at Arizona, home to San Francisco. Uh, Sean, 24 hours later, how did it look as you kind of rehashed it with your group here at the facility? Yeah, there's a lot of things that, that we can look at and, and clean up, and there was a, there was some good stuff, too, that you know we, we fought back, gave ourselves a chance to get back in that game, and uh, you know we, we put ourselves beyond the eight ball, falling behind, and really it's a main, mainly a result of the turnovers, and, and that's something that we've got to do a better job of uh, as we move forward, but I thought our guys demonstrated you know the mental toughness, being a resilient group to you know give ourselves a chance, and ultimately we didn't do enough at the end to get it done but i love the way this group fights do you let just let yourself live in that world like if you don't turn the ball over on the putt return what would have happened on that drive what did you have planned for them? Yeah. It seemed like you had momentum. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of momentum, and I still felt like we had momentum, you know, in, in spite of that, because our defense gets a stop, they missed a field goal, and, you know, a couple plays here or there, and, and maybe we get a chance to punch it in, and then we'd probably, we would have gone for two, you know, if we had scored there, but... Um, you know, the biggest thing, too, even just talking with John Fossil earlier today, his dad was a coach, uh, had a lot of success. Uh, there was 174 total plays in that game, and it's amazing that, you know, let's just say from the 18-yard line, if we end up hitting that, and then you end up going for two and, and you convert it. You know, there's still 173 plays uh, that we've got to do a good job of coaching, looking at ourselves inwardly about what we can do to, to, you know, to be better. Sometimes you just get so caught up in whether you win or lose, and, you know, I think that's where we always talk about the process over the results and, and that is important because we feel like more times than not if we do take good care of the football if we play with the fundamentals the techniques um, that we want if we handle the situations the right way uh, then our process focusing on those things doing those little things the right way consistently will lead to the results over time as opposed to finding a way to get back in it if you do make those plays that's still not conducive for winning football over time uh, whether we were able to get that done or not yesterday uh, what I'm hearing there is that it, it seems like the feeling within the building is it's still within the Rams' control to get it right, not just in the final two weeks of the regular season, but teeing yourselves up for what's beyond. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not going to allow these two games to define us, and, and we're going to look at these things and say, okay, are these things that are correctable? What are the issues? Uh, why we're not doing some of the things that maybe we were doing earlier in the year? Or what are the things that uh, we can do as coaches to continually try to put our players in good situations? And these are all things that, um, you know, we try to be honest with ourselves about, but we feel like they're all fixable. We trust that our players are, you know, we We've got a lot of great players in our building. We trust in our coaching staff, and, and we think we feel like we're going to get this thing figured out. Not easy or harder. I, I think league-wide, everybody goes through this, either win or lose. You mm-hmm. have to self-evaluate. But is it tougher because you are a playoff team? If this was a losing team, I think it would be easier. The season's over in two weeks, but you are moving on. Does it make it tougher to make those adjustments to get better? <laughs> You know, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I think, you know, no matter how you cut it, you know, we've got to get better. That, that's our job, you know, as coaches is to uh, critically look at ourselves and figure out, uh, you know, what can we do to continuously improve? And we focus on that all the time, and our players have the same mindset. Um, you know, but I think there's an increased level of, I don't even want to say an increased level of urgency, but, but I think there's no reason to press the panic button. Let's look at why we're not getting some of these things done that maybe we did prior to, you know, these last handful of weeks. What are the issues? Address it, and we move forward, and we go about our process the same way with our weekly rhythm and, and try to you know, ultimately perform better. Because I had a wrestling match with my brother about this. He said he saw the sideline, and he saw guys smiling and laughing when they were losing. I said, well, you have to remember, this is a playoff football team. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's won 11 games. 
they have the right to feel good about themselves no matter what's going on on the field right now. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think there's an element of, you know, if guys are smiling and laughing when we're playing from behind or not doing things, you know, we don't want that. You know, it's it's serious. We're trying to win every single week. And I didn't get that sense, um, you know, but I'm not seeing everything. You know, what I what I did like, DeMarco, was the sense that I got from our team. When you go down 30-13, to 13, they're going, going in for scoring position, and it looks real dark, and Aqib Tlaib makes a play, gives us a little bit of momentum. We find a way to get some points. They get another stop. We get a touchdown, you know, and then you know we know what, how the you know the last bit of the game unfolded. But um, that 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 says a lot, and those are things that you can really draw on from a positive with the way that these guys continue to compete. And you say, imagine if we had done things that are very fixable, whether it's making an uncharacteristic decision that leads to a turnover. Whether it's missing a standard blitz pickup on a third and two when we've got a man beater and Robert Woods coming across the formation, you know, all the things that, that really, you know, ultimately led to us not getting it done, we feel like are very fixable, correctable, and, and I think our players are receptive to that as well. He's the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. I'm JB along with DeMarco Farr here in Thousand Oaks, live on ESPN LA 710. Coach, you uh, mentioned a couple of times now you were planning to go for two if you're able to get that, that tie in yep. score. Can you give us uh, a sense of what was going on behind the scenes that would have led you to that decision? given all the game circumstances? Yeah, I think really, you know, you just feel the momentum, and if you feel good about a two-point play that you can activate, which we had in our back pocket, you know, that was kind of what would have led to that decision. Um, so, you know, usually those things are kind of a gut feel and an instinct just based on what we feel like is best at the time, and, you know, kind of specific to, you know, yeah, you wish that had come up to be able to even make that decision, but, you know, similar to when we ended up uh, going forward on fourth and one at Seattle earlier in the season, I think the momentum that we had, if you said you feel good about the play, the player's ability to execute from two yards out to win the football game, you know, that's something that we probably would have done yesterday. Well, I, the thing that I keep coming away with when I think about this game is Todd Gurley's a warrior. Yeah. An absolute monster out there. I mean, you can tell he was in pain or in some discomfort, but he kept coming back, kept trying to make plays. Yeah, he did. You know, and, and you could see he was it was bothering him, you know, pretty early on in that game. Um, you know, like you said, really no other way to put it other than he's a warrior, really gutted it out, uh, made some big-time plays. They gave us a chance, and, uh, you know, you just appreciate guys like that. I heard you tell the assembled uh, media about an hour ago that you're optimistic about his chances for Week 16 in Arizona. Yeah, we are. You know, it's going to be a day-to-day thing, but, but I think just based on the way that he came in today, um, you know, just a little bit of inflammation, but nothing that was too concerning as far as, um, you know, things going inside there. And, and we feel, you know, optimistic is a good word to use about him, you know, being ready to go this week if, if that's what we feel like is best. On that final sequence, did he have a path to get out of bounds on that right sideline? Yeah, he did. You know, and, and that's what you love about Todd. First thing he says in the locker room, you, you tell him how much you appreciate the way he battled. And, you know, his mindset is I got to do a better job of getting out of bounds mm-hmm. and giving us a chance to maybe get a couple more plays off. So, um, you know, you'd like to be able to, you know, be able to get out of bounds right there but when you have that mindset and that kind of response then you trust that you can learn from that and when those things do come up inevitably in the future um, you know we trust that he's going to get out of bounds and our players use those as as learning options you know opportunities I should say really for everybody you know in some of those instances that came up so many other instances we could point to be at Green Bay or at Detroit where he has managed those game situations so well certainly no doubt about Todd Gurley's ability in those circumstances all right wrapping up segment number one when we continue Tonight we'll have a preview of that game with the Cardinals in Arizona, plus a segment we call Audibles, your questions from social media directly to the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Glad you're with us on ESPN LA 710. Well, good evening once again, everyone. Hope you're having a great Monday night. DeMarco, JB, and the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. Uh, 
just happened to have the low light there of, yeah, nice uh, sound of bite there. Goff getting stepped on. <laughs> uh, apologies. That's no way to start segment number two yeah. of the Coach McVay show. But we're since not we're coming on this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't have to. <laughs> Come on. Perfect. Uh, but why don't we just go through that yeah. since we happen to be uh, bringing it up in conversation. Yeah, you know, uh, it, that was a really unfortunate situation. You know, we had a play on where, you know, they were in a zero blitz. That's kind of what we had hoped for in that situation. And, you know, we just got tangled up coming away from the center. And, and sometimes when that happens, you know, we don't want to make any, you know, you know, try to make too much happen, especially in that situation. Um, you know, the, the thing that's great about Jared is he's so receptive to learning from those things. And, you know, he's trying to make a play, but, you know, sometimes making a play in that situation is taking the sack, letting Hecker come on and, and punt it right there um, instead of kind of making what starts off, you know, being a bad play when we trip out, you know, and making it worse and giving them a short field where Corey Graham ends up getting what's right registered as an interception right there mm-hmm. uh and then they punch it in you know on that next se- sequence that when their offense comes out but um you know again everything is a is a learning opportunity depending upon you know responding looking at it in the right way and um that's what jared does that's what our players do and you know that right there is an unfortunate circumstance where you have to learn the hard mm-hmm. way you know from the outside we look at jared goff since the bye we see the statistics take a dip internally i know you guys don't look at you know three games in aggregate you look at play by play and sure. evaluate what's kind of the story within there in terms of how he is playing since the bye regardless of what the collective stats say yeah you know you sit down and, and you watch because there was a lot of opportunities just based on being a two-minute situation really at the end of the game for a handful of possessions and then even at the end of the first half yeah, he, he made a lot of good decisions you know moved around the pocket manipulated it got a bunch of completions thought the third and 10 throw to josh reynolds for 33 yards that was originally ruled a touchdown that then we ended up punching in a couple plays later with todd was a great rhythm throw he hits his back foot takes two hitches and drives it on a rope for about 25 yards on a big third and 10 you know to score a touchdown but um you know everybody points to you know the two turnovers where we had the interception earlier in the game and then you know then we end up having that turnover on that nice sound bite that you guys had and, you know, the great thing is, is that, you know, unfortunately those cost you. Um, that's not a representation of the entire body of work, but what it is a good indicator for us and a good reminder is that there's nothing, you know, other than points uh, that's more important than taking care of the football uh, to give yourself a chance to win games in this league. Um, you know, we know that we can't afford to put our defense in some of those short fields that led to them getting points from it. So, um you know, we'll learn from it, but but every single play, each play is its own entity. Uh, there was a lot of good things that he did do, and um, you know, we'll take those positives. We'll learn from some of the negatives, and and we'll move forward. And and uh, I know he'll do the same. Got to protect the rock. But don't you love this point right now? Trying to figure out how to get out of this trying to figure out how to be better from this point. Don't you love this as a coach? Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, really it's easy when things are going well. And, you know, we sit up here and we say be mentally tough, all those different things, and now you get really tested to see if you can be what you say. And we talk about it all the time, DeMarco. You know, we see better than we hear. You know, it's one thing to say it. I want to see us do it every single day. And, and you know, I'm a big part of that. We're a big part of that as coaches, players. We're all in this thing together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to climb our way out. And, and really the, the best part is there's really no magic uh, potion that we have to look for it's going back to the the core fundamentals the techniques our football philosophy taking better care of the football getting it back on defense um, you know and handling the situations the right way things that we have done uh, but we get back to emphasizing it doing the little things the right way we got the talent in this locker room we got the coaches we got the right people in place and you know part of uh, working through some of this adversity is what will make it even more special when you come out swinging on the right end of it I think the silliest thing I hear is oh well look at the the next two teams they play they're three wins and two wins those should be easy 
Obviously, you've never played football before. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah, never you know, easy. Yeah, I mean, every single week. I mean, you just look at it. Seattle was having a great momentum going, and San Fran does a great job of finding a way to get a win in overtime against them yesterday. Uh, Arizona went out to Green Bay and ended up getting a win. So uh, there's a lot of things that you never take for granted. I mean, you just look at over the last couple weeks, um, you know, just you look around and look at the box scores week in and week out, and uh, you realize why it's such a competitive league and why you got to be ready to go and why uh, it can be a humble league as well. A transition a little bit to the defense, and one of the uh, silver linings I thought was the job that your defense did against Ertz, who's having a prolific season, perhaps a record-setting season. Uh, John Johnson and others combining on a nice night to limit his touches. Yeah, they did a great job. I thought our coaches put together a good plan. The players then ultimately executed it. John Johnson, I thought, had a great game the other day. Made a lot of plays. Uh, it was a big red zone stop by really he and Akib he and Akib when they were in a double on him on a third down, where they kind of tried to fit in a little seam post to him. Um, but you know, they they did a nice job slowing him down for sure. Why was Alshon Jeffrey so problematic, do you think, on the other side yeah, of the Yeah, I equation? think he made some plays. You know, you, he's always been a guy that when he's right as far as just his health and you give him an opportunity, he runs better than people think. He's got elite ball skills down the field. Uh, and I thought he was able to make a couple plays. You know, he ends up having eight catches and, and a handful of yards. But, you know, he made some plays, and, and you give him credit why he's been a, a pretty prolific player in this league for a handful of years. A giraffe and cleats, that's what I saw. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, he went up over the top and made some big plays. And, um, yeah, I mean. He's he he had a good night. I thought you guys were that close to I, I don't want to say breaking foals, but really putting some doubt in his head. And I thought you let him get out of trouble a few too many times and get, let him get going, let him get some momentum. Well, there was a couple times whether it was Indomitian or Aaron both got to him, you know, right before, and then kind of throws up some pop flies, and they ended up coming down with some. And uh, you know, we just continue to compete. But you know, credit to credit them, they made some plays. Uh, but I thought I thought we did a handful of excuse me, really good things on defense. You know, the fourth down stop, uh, the turnover by Akib really was what got the momentum going to get ourselves back in that game. Even after we had fumbled the punt, uh, LJ's play on second down to be able to knife through there on a pressure and, and take him down for a five-yard loss. You know, we got to figure out how we could get that clock operator to get that thing stopped before the two-minute right there and get the 40-second clock going right away. That would have been pretty helpful to get an extra 40 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? So you talk about uh, some of the contact that Foles took to get balls downfield. One of them in the third quarter, uh, the 50 yarder where Jeffrey and Aguilar kind of running free. Yeah. Can you give us some context in terms of what went wrong there? Yeah. I mean, we were in a single high structure. There was some miscommunication going on and, um, you know, typically you see certain route combinations and sometimes when you, you're, you, you have such smart aware players, uh, they can anticipate some of the things that occur, but, uh, that was a little bit different route combination. They had two guys going vertical. I don't think they probably wanted them in that you know how close they were in proximity uh Ertz was an underneath kind of has some flare control at about eight to ten yards but you know Alshon went up and got it and he made a play there uh just to transition to Aaron Donald for a moment we've seen what uh the last two teams have done to try and limit his impact on the game kind of the corresponding question is uh, who else needs to show up or, or how come other players aren't showing up in one-on-one type situations with all the attention he's getting. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, when you look at it, you know, whether Chicago or whether it's Philly, you know, they did a nice job of, of mixing up the launch point, the ball coming out quick in a timely manner, uh, doing some different things, you know, but but Aaron's impact in the game, you know, when you've got to be that cognizant of a player, it does free some people up. Um, you know, it, it, you'd have to really look at each individual mm-hmm. play and say, what are they trying to get done? Who does that give a free up op to? Um, but really, it's about our defense playing well. Uh, 
Uh, they did some really good things. There's a couple things that we can we can learn from. But um, you know, Aaron's impact in the game, whether it shows up in the stats or not, in a variety of ways. And and he is, you know, nothing has changed in terms of the product. You know, maybe just the production on the stats, but the impact he's having on the game doesn't change. And he's been instrumental for our defense. All right, that's segment number two with head coach Sean McVay tonight from Thousand Oaks. Still to come, a segment we call Audibles. Your questions posed directly to the head coach, and we will finish with a preview of Week 16 in Arizona against the Cardinals. Uh, glad you're with us tonight, a Monday night, live from Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA 710. All right, here we go with segment number three still to come. Uh, one of our favorite segments, Audibles, the finale, and then a preview of the Cardinals. I want to start this segment, Coach, by asking, it's been a long time since I think there's been anything approaching bulletin board material from the outside that that you might be able to use as motivation, but I'm not sure you're even interested in that. In terms of if there are doubters on the outside after two straight losses, is that of any interest to you in terms of how you deploy it with your players? Yeah, not really, you know, because, um, you know, I, I, we don't care about what's said outside of our building. You know, we care about our players, our coaches, uh, staying connected, doing what we can to, uh, to play good complementary football, to have a great week of preparation uh, that hopefully leads to cleaner performance performances and and that's where you know when you look at over the last handful of weeks um you know say what you want like we've talked about earlier in the show um when you say we need to get it figured out in a hurry you know really sometimes you say things after a game the bottom line is we need to just do the little things the right way that we're very capable of doing and that's focusing on um not beating ourselves doing the techniques the fundamentals that we're coached to do within the framework of every given play handling situations the right way and like we've done uh at spurts uh, you know we got to take great care of the football nothing's more important than the football and then we got to get it back on defense and if we do those things uh, that's winning football formula and, and that's what we expect to do as we move forward and and learn from you know where uh, th- some things haven't worked out the way that we'd like how 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 eager are you to get back to the grass get back to practice get yeah, back out there every every day you're eager you know whether you win or lose you know you're just eager about finding a way to get better every single day and you know there is uh, a little bit extra hunger desire you know when things uh when you're going through a little bit of a you know a, a, a rough patch if you will that but you know anybody that's a competitor you know this demarco you show me a great competitor i'll show you a guy that's uh, fought fought through some things and i bet you those tough times make you appreciate the good ones even more um because you found a way it's you know if it's easy all the time you know then there's really no joy in the journey and and having to actually work through some different things where you truly get tested and um you know you kind of almost cherish and relish it a little bit any of those game situations you can rep out there like something that happens, some sort of situation, quick change, what have you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can mimic and emulate, you know, those end-of-the-game situations, end-of-the-half. Um, you know, there's a situation, you know, even yesterday you learned from when we've got 18 seconds left. If we've got a completion, you know, I'm talking about at the end of the first half, you know, we can still hit Robert Woods on the crossing route and be able to get it clocked in enough time to be able to take one more attempt or come on and kick a field goal. So it's all about just learning. Uh, and, and, again, it's, it's educating the coaches and our players, you know, so that we learn from these as well in terms of how to you know give the clarity to the players with regards to how we want to handle these situations uh can it go in bounds does it have to get to the end 
zone, all those different types of things that, that come up week in and week out, and you can absolutely create these scenarios in practice. Speaking of those end-of-half situations, uh, four end zone shots, I believe three at the end of the first half, the final play of the game, all kind of targeted for Josh Reynolds. Yep. Are there any commonalities between those plays in your eyes? Yeah, the one, well, the one, you know, that that's kind of what we were talking about, that it's a good learning opportunity for us, where on that first one, when they're playing off and soft, we could still com- complete a shallow cross. Josh just happened to be the individual that was running a vertical uh, on that specific play call. And then on the last two, it was really, he was in a location where, you know, he was one of those people that had an isolation, uh, and it was kind of an us or nobody type deal. And, and with his length, you know, we felt, you know, like that was something that we wanted to be able to do. At the end of the game, uh, you know, really they ended up bringing that guy from the, that six blitzer from his right side. So that was kind of where Jared Shortfield vision was right there. But, um, you know, we have confidence in Josh, but a lot of it was predicated on where that ISO was. And, and it really ended up being kind of outside in that instance. Now, one of the things that I think a lot of people have noticed is the lack of explosives coming off of the bye week. And it was something that your offense was known for throughout this season, even going back to last season. Uh, I'm sure that's of concern, top of mind for you. You know, how specifically do you think you can get back on track in that regard so you don't have to dink and dunk down the field? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of it's predicated on what they're presenting and, and our ability to execute versus some of those looks. You know, you look at the Detroit game, um, you know, we had a couple plays that were some good positive plays. You know, you end up hitting Cooks at the end of the half for like 26 yards. Todd had a couple long runs. Uh, but again, then, you know, you're playing a game to win. At the end, you know, we didn't make an, do enough good things, but really our defense played well and we found a way to just to win the game and sustain some drives at the end, which is you know, ultimately what our goal is. Then when you look at Chicago, uh, you know, really there wasn't a lot of positives to take from that. And, and uh, you know, I certainly felt feel like, you know, I didn't do nearly a good enough job. We had Robert on the seam that was probably the only play, you know, I think for like 29 that we ended up hitting there. And then yesterday, you know, they played a lot of split safety top-down coverage. That's why I think, you know, you can't, you know, sometimes just being patient, taking underneath completions is, is you know, being smart. And that's what I thought Jared did in a lot of instances. And then he picks and chooses his spot to be able to activate. You know, he ended up hitting Josh Reynolds for 33 yards on the seam post. Um, we ended up hitting Robert Woods for 18 on a sideline, you know, uh, play action. We hit Brandon for 20 on the left sideline. So there were some good positives. Todd had a 21-yard run, so it depends on where you look at those explosives. Even when you go back to Seattle, when I thought that was a pretty clean, efficient game back at home, which seems like an eternity ago, you know, really the only play we had over 30 yards was a 35-yard, you know, long third down conversion to Robert Woods. So so really what it's about is if we're able to create in some chunks, that might even be 10 to 12 yards or 15, but staying efficient, not getting behind the chains and avoiding some of those third and longs and not taking some of those penalties, taking care of the football, that that's good efficient football. You like to create the explosives all the time, but if they're playing coverages top down or different things, you know, you want to take what they're, you know, they're giving you and be efficient in the way that we operate. Gerald Everett, eyelash away from having a big game. I mean, open everywhere. The shot in the end zone was there. Yeah. Just a little off target. Yep, yep, yep. We had a chance on that, but Gerald's doing a good job. He's making the most. I thought he did a good job with some catch transitions, um, you know, making some plays, and uh, he's getting better and better. Uh, Thanks again for taking those questions. We'll turn it over to our audience next. Audible's coming your way in segment number four of the Coach McVay Show, live on a Monday night from Cal Lutheran. This is ESPN LA 710. All right, let's dig into Audible segment number four here with the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Uh, This one comes from the U.K. coach, and uh, Tomo from Twitter asks, uh, with mental health being an increasingly prominent talking point in sports, wondering if Reggie's team... Uh, here with the Rams, includes someone who works on that aspect of health with the team. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have we have the availability to be able to, you know, talk with whether it's sports psychologists, different things like that. You know, that's a big part of it. Uh, certain guys have their own routines that's specific to, to them individually. But, you know, that is a that's an important part of it. Just the, the ebbs and flows, making sure that your mind is, is in a good place, uh, specific to all the things that not only with the sport, but just with what you deal with outside the framework of some of the pressures that naturally come with it. Um, but I would say this, you know, we have the availability to give them direction. Uh, that's not something that we have in our building, but you know, if players want to be able to utilize some of those things, we can point them in the right direction. And then guys sometimes have their own specific approach as well. All right, audibles, your questions from social media directly to the head coach. Uh, question number two from Fred on Twitter: uh, Do you have a routine in terms of how you break down the game film in preparation for your team meetings, and do you also participate in the film watching with the defense? On yeah, basis? yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I, I make sure that I'm in tune with what's going on, and um, you know. Number one, just to, you know, be connected to the staff and the players and, and have an idea, you know, just to, you know, always continuing to try to learn, but make sure that we feel like we're doing things the right way. And, um, you know, we do do that. Uh, there's a specific routine that we follow, you know, the day after the game with how we evaluate and how we do it. Um, you know, that that routine in terms of just the approach that we feel like is best in terms of how to present this information to the players, um, you know, changes based on the week, the situation. But in terms of watching it, making sure that you're in tune with it, we have a consistent rhythm with our coaches. How soon do you see it after a game? Um, you like know, within hours. No, no, it depends. You know, if it's a if it's a good one, you know, usually I can uh, enjoy a couple beverages and trust that I'll watch it tomorrow and 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 be able to relax. If it's something that usually stirs you up pretty good, you know, you're watching that pretty quickly to try to make sure that you kind of flush it out of your system. But you don't want to you want to look at it, uh, look at the things that you know you can do better that we can correct, and and then you move on from it. So it again, very situationally driven. Uh, to Instagram next, an LA Ram asks, why can't the Rams play with the same urgency and fire that showed up at the end of the game last night, Sunday Night Football, throughout the game or from the beginning of the game? Yeah, I wouldn't say it had anything to do with urgency and fire. I would just have the, you know, I would say that it's a result of, you know, making some uncharacteristic things, uh, whether it was turning the football over, some different things that occurred, you know, really in all three phases that, um, you know, we just didn't, we just, you know, kind of put ourselves behind the eight ball, um, you know, and everybody had a hand in it. Uh, but I think the, the, you know, the mindset that they displayed to be able to get back into it, you know, says a lot about our team, like we've said kind of over and over throughout this show. But um, I would just say it was more of a result of kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. And then you do want to give the Eagles some credit for, you know, forcing us into some of those bad plays as well. Uh, Eric is up next. Coach, last night I guess LaDainian Tomlinson said on NFL game day post game that he thought the problem with the offense is missing Cooper Cup. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we've missed Cooper for a lot of games. And, um, you know, to replace a player of Cooper's caliber, you don't ever replace somebody like him. To say that we couldn't use him, uh, you know, we, we definitely could. We could also use Malcolm Brown right now, too. So uh, to say that, that we're missing Cooper, yeah, we're missing him. But I don't think that's a reflection on anything that Josh Reynolds has or hasn't done. Uh, but to, to replace a player like Cooper with what he does, you know, it's, that's tough to do. It was good to see him yesterday, though. Just walking around amongst the team. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. great to see him. Great to see, you know, Malcolm was there too. Yeah. But, um, you know, really, Cooper's been – you love Cooper, man. He's a great football player. He's a great person. Um, and it's uh, – it, you know, I, I miss my guy out there with <laughs> us. I really do. 
uh, from Twitter, Jersey Ram is up next. How confident are you, Coach McVeigh, with your special teams at this point uh, with Natson and Cooper potentially struggling here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, very confident in JoJo. One one return, you know, we talk about two games aren't going to define our season. Uh, one return from JoJo where he mishandled the ball uh, doesn't define the confidence that we have in him. We never allow one play to uh, equate to our entire judgment on somebody. You know, we, we make sure that we make sound decisions. Uh, we have confidence in him. Um, you know, with Farrow, I thought he made some good decisions. You know, you know when he fielded the ball in play, you know, he ended up getting vertical and, and uh, got some positive yards last night. So, um, you know, still have confidence in those guys. And very nearly converted a fake punt to Kaderil Hodge on the right side. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough one. You know, we got we to, gotta, you know, we'll make that play more times than not. But, um, you know, that one didn't work out for us. <laughs> Uh, Joe asks on Twitter, are you getting any sleep? As simple as that. Is Coach McVeigh getting sleep? Yeah, I'm getting sleep. You know, I know that it doesn't do me any good to try to just, uh, you know, work yourself into a lather. You know, you got to make sure that you take care of yourself, and I am getting some sleep. All right, next up, Bruce. Um, any thought about getting uh, some of the rookies like Brian Allen, Joe Nopeboom, uh, Micah, Micah Kaiser some work in the tail end of this regular season? Um, you know, if, if that's what we feel like is going to be best to win the game, then, then we'll do that. Uh, those guys are players that we have confidence in their ability, what they've done to, to demonstrate some development specific to practice. You know, those younger O linemen have gotten a chance to get in there. Mike has done a really nice job in a special teams role, you know, making a, a wide variety of contributions for bones and, and our special teams units. But, um, you know, right now we're going to, you know, continue to do what we can to, to try to go win a football game in Arizona. DeMarco, all yours here. I just want to tag that by saying, Val had a similar question, and I'll mention her just so she can uh, pass along. Keep your head up, Coach. Our fans love you and believe in you. So that's, that's courtesy that. of Val. I was going to say, Alan, he reminds me of like a walking dust-up. Yeah. You can tell this kid can't wait to play. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's tough. He, he's going to be a really good player, we feel like. And he came in Chicago. Uh, you can definitely feel it wasn't too big for him. Looks stout, looks strong, looks sturdy. Um, he's got a nice way about himself, too, where you can see very confident, secure individual, not afraid to make mistakes. And guys like that, I like being around. And no neck. Yeah, you like <laughs> None. that, too. No neck at <laughs> all. Love it. That's right. Uh, Byron, with our next question, I think he's heard you use the term situational masters or situational mastery, and he's wondering how the Rams can get back to that in terms of their mental focus. Anything you're planning on to kind of spark that mentally sound football in the final Yeah, two I think games? you keep coaching it. I think we keep putting our players in those situations so you can think through it. You know, the amount of situations that can come up specific to the last two minutes of the end of the half, the end of the game, uh, you know, are just – there's so many different things. But as long as we learn from it, everybody puts themselves in a position where they're thinking clearly – we're handling those things the right way with urgency and awareness, um, then we, we think we can get back to that. But that's something that will be a point of emphasis. It always has been, but um, we haven't done a good enough job coaching it, giving our players the clarity. And, and if we do that, we feel like it'll translate to them doing it on the field. Don't you wish you were playing tomorrow? Like right yes. now? Like let's just line up and play right yeah, now? Absolutely. Yeah. I wish there were rematches. Like you can just push the reset button. <laughs> let's do this again right now. I hear you. Yeah. Don't get on the bus. Come on Come on back out. Four yeah, more quarters. No question. Yeah. Video game mentality. <laughs> Why not? Come on. Just reset it. All right. That's the uh, season finale of Audibles, this final uh, episode of the Coach McVeigh Show, the 2018 regular season. Uh, thanks as always, Coach, for yeah, taking thanks. those questions from our audience, and we will preview the matchup with the Cardinals on the other side, our final segment of the Coach McVeigh Show on ESPN LA 7. 
All right, those back-to-back losses, they're in the rear rear view mirror. Week 16 on the horizon, a trip to Arizona, the final regular season road trip. We continue with a final segment of the Coach McVay Show live from Thousand Oaks with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and Coach, the uh, Cardinals having a rough season coming off a 40-14 to loss against the Falcons. This is a franchise your group has had good success against, uh, but anytime you hit the road for a division opponent, especially with the, the state that your team is in, I'm sure this is a big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Every week in the NFL is, and you don't take anybody for granted. We respect the Cardinals. We have a lot of respect for their players, their coaching staff, and um, you know we got to be ready to go. And they've got great players that are very disruptive on both sides of the football, and um, it's something that you know we we'll never take them lightly. And and we've got to be ready. Cam Dietschy getting off the bus is scary. Yeah, yeah. When he puts pads on, that is a big joker. It is, and. Um, you know, he, um, you know, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, Chandler Jones is continuing to have another great year. He's done an out- outstanding job getting Marcus Golden back, you know, where he missed when we played them earlier in the year. I think he's a really good player coming off the edge. And Patrick Peterson's still one of the premier corners in this league. So they've got some pretty elite players on that side of the football. Uh, you guys know where your franchise is in terms of quarterback and where Josh Rosen was planning to go. I'm sure there wasn't much uh, study done there. But what are your impressions of him as a quarterback going back to his UCLA days and now his first pro season? Yeah. I think he's he's got a lot of things that that excite you. You know, you watch some of the plays that he's been able to make so far. Um, it's been pretty impressive, and and I think he's seen coverage well. He's got a nice touch and trajectory on his deep balls. Uh, he can move and manipulate the pocket. Um, you know, so he's he's got some things. When you flip the tape on, you see why he was picked where he was, mm-hmm. um, and and I think he's continuing to get better. And these experiences where he's playing a lot of football right now, uh, if he takes it the right way, which you, you probably think he will, um, you know these will be great learning opportunities for him and that he can take into you know the final few games this season and then moving on into next year this might be the last time you see uh, Larry Fitzgerald on the field you what, never know yeah, yeah. What, what a great player what a great person he is um, just just such an, inc- an incredible competitor uh, one of those guys that's uh, you know such a great advocate for the NFL not only for the Cardinals but for, but really for the NFL and um, you know first ballot Hall of Famer hmm. For teams and for uh, fan bases that don't make the annual trip to Glendale, I think it's one of the more underrated venues in terms of home field advantage, crowd noise, the way that their crowd can impact games uh, going there every year as you do and as these Rams do. I'm sure you're keenly familiar with that. Yeah, I agree. Last year I remember th- thinking it was a, it was a rocking atmosphere, uh, really loud. You know, we had a lot of we had some issues, you know, just with our cadence and some different things going on. And um, you know, they they do a great job. It's a good venue. Uh, always enjoy going there. Looks like a toaster from the outside though i'm just saying that's just me more like a toaster oven right they slide the grass out they grow it outside and there you go bring it back in for the game what do you want for christmas this year don't say a win why not I mean, come on, give me I, something. I want us. To, what can I, I? What can we buy you I, for I, Christmas? I want us to start. Uh, you know, I want us to to have a good performance that I think is indicative of who we really are as a football team. Uh, getting back to doing those little things the right way, and that'll be a great Christmas for me. How do I put that in a box? <laughs> you don't. Oh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, well, since we can't give you that, at least not in tangible form, we'll just say a uh, thank you. This is the yeah. highlight of our week, getting Always. to know you better and uh, hear your insight, win or lose. Sorry to end on a down note, but we appreciate uh, the hour we get to spend with you. No, I, I always enjoy it. You know, it's, it was another enjoyable week, except for some of the sound bites coming back from commercial break. <laughs>
<laughs> we will make a mental note uh, for 2019. I wish you the best of health, the best of luck the rest of the way, uh, and a deep run into the postseason. Sean McVay Sounds here good. on Thanks, a, uh, Monday night uh, at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. Uh, DeMarco, just to preview yeah. our week a little bit before we make our final road trip, uh, Rams All Access coming our way on Thursday. Yep. Uh, you've got Between the Horns with Miles Simmons. On Wednesday. Lots of fun. And we will also have a Rams Revealed podcast on all your platforms, uh, including the Rams.com with John Johnson. He's back in the ring this week. Pro Bowl. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, okay. No, his, his teammates yeah. have, and Sean, you were very complimentary of uh, the season that he's had and, yep. and the game that he had uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles last night. So look for that on all your platforms, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, for DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long, and for the head coach, uh, Sean McVay, we'll call it a night here from uh, Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. The Rams are 11-3. and They finish at Arizona, a home to San Francisco. Again, to clinch a bye, the magic number is two. Uh, any combination of Rams wins, Bears losses along the way, week 16, uh, will be in Glendale, Arizona. How about a gift card? Can I try that? Yeah, that'd be good. There, there you go. Okay. Put it in a gift card. Just write all the things that he there wanted we go. in the <laughs> signature line. All right. Good night from Thousand Oaks. You're listening to ESPN LA 710.